regular Deeds. What stuff? <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> Welcome to another epic episode of Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I am your host, Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, the new shepherd in town. Looks like there's a new shepherd in town. That's sheriff. I'm working on enhancing my calm, but I'm here with Magna Mills and the Soup Deuce to discuss what we've been watching and to talk about one of our favorite 90s flicks ever, Demolition Man. I mean, who is fired up for this, dude? I've been so pumped to do Demolition Man. It's going to be amazing. Mills, when somebody asks you, how did you know the password to the cuffs? What exactly are you thinking in that moment, my dude? Jamie G. Like most of the important decisions in my life, I can only say, I wish I knew. I am Magnum Mills. I am hanging out here doing the thing on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us wherever you get your pods, on YouTube, on social media, at Dudes Watch Stuff. We're regular dudes. We watch stuff. But again, regular, we forget things sometimes. Much like a person who's just starting out flying planes, they might forget the flaps when they're landing. That's not something you want to do. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps people find our show. We appreciate it. Again, if you have fun, just give us that thumb. Takes you a second. Helps other people find the show. And uh, is that the soup deucer I see? Oh, shit. They let anybody on this show. What are you doing here? Man, I'm here, man. I uh, I just cruised in, dude. We're doing a little demolition, man. I was kind of like frozen cryo state for a little bit, man. Or maybe I just was uh, really spaced out. One of the two. But either way, I came out of it. And then all of a sudden, hey, here we are, man. We're talking demolition, man. Well, before we get totally frozen and wind up in a planet Hollywood somewhere, we're going to talk about what we filled our eye holes with recently. And we'll also accept filled ear holes no problem there whatsoever. So you got two holes you can fill. We try to avoid any spoilers, but please understand, dude, occasionally shit happens. It might come out. So we'll give you a heads up if we enter the danger zone. Soup Deuce, what is up? Are there some holes in this house? Some holes in this house? Some holes in this house? Yeah, I got, I got, I, I got some holes, man. And I've been filling a couple of holes, dude. You know what I mean? Filling holes, dude. So, air holes, no. You know what? I haven't really been filling the air holes, man. Recently, I just been filling the eye holes. Um, over the past little bit since last uh, episode, man, I've checked out more Doom Patrol, which is actually fucking pretty sick, dude. Um, you know, I started watching this. I may have mentioned it earlier on as, a, as an eye hole thing, where, like after I watched the pilot or the first episode or two or whatever and was kind of impressed with it, but I dove back into it. And uh, these later episodes are pretty fucking good. Solid show, dude. Solid show. Uh, and on that one, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, and uh, looking forward to finishing it out. So I'm working on that one. Also caught another random movie. So it's called Hit and Run, and uh, it was uh, starring starring Dax Shepard. He also wrote and co-directed it. Uh, it. Has Christian Bell in it, who is his uh, wife, uh, I think still. You got Tom Arnold in there, dude. You got fucking uh, Bradley Cooper in there. It's a pretty solid movie for like something that I wasn't expecting to be as good as it was, and just a random late night. Hey, I'll check this out just because. Uh, pretty cool. It kept you. It, it, it didn't give it all away right away. It kept you going. Like the, it was pretty well written with that. With like you learn as you go, and, and like all, all of a sudden, like more and more plot points come in. You know, 
so it was interesting and it was funny and it, it was good enough you know so uh good enough to uh to note as a uh, eye hole viewing so uh that that was a good one i recommend to check it out nice man for me i've been filling a couple holes here and and i got to continue to say yellow jackets i've got two episodes left and then that's it for season 2 I, it's been a fantastic journey i really 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 enjoy the show cannot say enough good stuff about it it's scary it's entertaining it's fun it's it's just wow like holy shit like that's some real shit it's it's riveting it's great television if you're not watching yellow jackets watch it i'll also say that i've been continuing my pursuit of seinfeld and been really enjoying i just rolled into season eight seinfeld i'm telling you they were on such a run here back half of six uh, i'm sorry back half of five season six season seven and then as we start season eight it's just really good dude it's just fantastic uh television show i love seinfeld i've been really enjoying that and then last but not least, I did finish up the uh, last couple episodes of the nudist season of Rick and Morty. I enjoyed this season a lot. I know there was a bunch of shit out there with, with one of the Royland or whatever just doing some bad shit as a person, and that sucks. But I did enjoy this last season. I thought it was really good. The writing was good. Had me kind of entertained. They, they've continued to kind of live inside this world where they – give you a continuing story but also like it's a story within the story it's really good so i enjoyed that last season of rick and morty magna mills what you been up to oh man this has been a hell of a season of television i want to point out also i have seen the season two finale of yellow jackets i enjoyed it very much and i think we're probably going to do full episodic coverage of this next year for season three very excited to talk about it with y'all and jamie g when he finishes that up but we're gonna have room to do so because a lot of other shit finished up succession just ended find out more of our thoughts on that on suck 10 right here on our youtube channel on our podcast feed also barry ended after four seasons check out what we thought about that one on the barry podcast as far as stuff we haven't really covered, but I've talked about, Ted Lasso had their series finale. I enjoyed the series finale. It was basically what I thought it would be. Nothing wrong with that. Really enjoyed the first two seasons of this show, but at some point, it's a show that started out as kind of like a, a half-hour feel-good comedy with some sitcom elements, and it was like an hour-long dramedy by the end. Nothing wrong with it, but the fact that they, you know, good to have a plan. But they were determined to stick to this three-season plan. I'm guessing that was mostly on the part of Jason Sudeikis. So they did it, but it meant they had this really weird third season with like episodes that were too long but couldn't properly service all the characters. And now they don't even know. Technically, this was the series finale, but they might bring it back without him. Again, maybe a minor spoiler there, but everybody knew it was announced as a series finale. But I am not sure that it actually is. Again, it is what it is, but I actually enjoyed the finale, even though I didn't really enjoy the third season overall that much, especially the middle part of it. Been rewatching Justified. It is fucking awesome. Forgot how good it is. Cannot wait for Justified. City Prime Evil drops uh, July 18th on FX. And finally, just uh, been rewatching the Indiana Jones movies. They got the Dial of Destiny coming out this month. Uh, I'm hoping it redeems Crystal Skull. Doesn't sound good so far as far as the reviews, but I am hoping 
in I really still enjoy the shit out of these flicks. And I will honestly say, you got that first trilogy, the first three Indiana Jones movies. I think everyone will agree they're all good. But I think it's the only trilogy like that where I think you can make a legitimate argument, and I've heard people do it, for each one being the best. Again, hoping good stuff for Dial of Destiny. If not, I will be rewatching shit. And I, if I remember right, I think uh, both of y'all Temple of Doom guys, right? Oh, absolutely, man. Big Temple of Doom guy, 100%. But I also, you can't forget Last Crusade, dude. I, I Like, just the age I was when that came out, Last Crusade was always... So you put Raiders third, then. See, I'm Raiders first. I'm Raiders I would put first Raiders three. third. Two, you know, Temple of Doom three. I think we've talked about this before on the Joe Blow show, but uh, Chip, any rank the first three Indiana Jones movies? I mean, at Temple of Doom, shit, man, it's tough to it's tough to pick that number number two. So Temple of Doom is definitely number one. Uh, Raiders, you know what? I'm gonna have to go ahead and say I'll get through Sage number two also. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Raiders third, even though it doesn't really deserve a third ranking, just because I I mean it, it was a great fucking movie, but it's sizing up to those other two, and I guess just the I don't know the way it played out. Well, it's my... our age too, right? Because we are of a certain age. When Raiders come out, we weren't young enough to appreciate it. Even Last Crusade is still pretty young. But, you know, and then Last Crusade comes out with Sean Connery and hits you right in the heartstrings right there. You know, for I, I know at least my parents, like Crusade's their favorite by far. Just because, of, I guess, maybe, you know, the, the time frame of when it was released, maybe. Well, it's like with Mad Max. I mean, Mad, Mad Max is a great fucking movie, and so was too. But when it came to Thunderdome, Thunderdome's my favorite, you know? So, I mean, whatever. <laughs> R.I.P. Tina Turner. Yes. R.I.P. Tina Turner. And, and it's awesome to, to be hitting up the eye hole, but we got to show a little love to her ear holes. And we got to give you the fish list. Now, for those of you that are just tuning in, this is a simple concept. Somebody reads two setlets to Mills. One is a real set list from Fish, the greatest band in the history of the world ever. And the other is a fake set list. And then Magnum Mills must determine which one is the real Fish list. Soup Deuce went last week, so it's Jamie G's time. Magnum Mills, I bring to you two Fish set lists. You have to decide which one is real. Set list number one. They start off with a legendary monkey on the train. This goes right into The Ocean is Love. Nice spacey jam for a hot minute. Then they break out something they never play. They give you a poster nut bag. And that goes into Slow Enough for Me, but it's a faster version of it. They, we then get a 28 minute finger by finger. Dude. 28 minute finger by finger jam. This is already an epic set, we know it. We then get a camel run right into Down With Disaster. They break out one of the bigs to close out the set. Set list number two. We get a fun opener here. Uh, they don't just go right into the rage sesh. They give you an ass handed. They go ass handed and then they give you a rift. You get a really good rift into a blaze on. The blaze on is stretched probably 16 minutes. So you know it's one of their longer blaze ons. Uh, we then get a, a hairy hood. They break out a big. We get a hood in the spot into Makasupa Policeman. They never play that. You get it here. You take that reggae vibe of hairy hood and you carry it right into Makasupa. Killer time. Then you get a steam, a nice kind of like spaced out steam. 
Uh, it's always good to get that in there, but then they ramp up with a super fast llama. I'm talking the fastest llama. You get llama, you get it really fast, and then they finish the set with a really deep, spacey jam that goes high, low, high, low, and finishes rock solid high with a song I heard the ocean sing. Magnum Mills, you just heard two legendary fish set lists, which is the real fish set list. Option one or option two? I'm going with set list two because the uh, Macasupa police fan is not something you could just make up. <laughs> and set list two is the right answer. Magnum Mills gets it right tonight. He will be on summer tour this summer. I got a feeling. Catch him on Shakedown. He'll be out there with the three seashells t-shirts. Ah, man. Can't wait for fish this summer. That brings us to our featured review for the episode on the last episode soup got tactical and we had to spin the big wheel in the sky kept on turning and once again we got what we needed it landed on demolition man which was my guy i'm the winner here mills go ahead and set me up if you would please know that you're obviously dying to talk about sister act but i don't want to digress let's talk about why i pitched demolition man guys for me this is one of the most quintessential 90s movies it's also 30 years old it came out in 1993 we're sitting here in 2023 holy shit that's a crazy thing to say but it's true we're old it happened to me this this had all the stars i love the fact that you get this this evil duel between Wesley Snipes in his prime with Sylvester Stallone in his prime. And you get this futuristic setting. It was so cutting edge at the time. Great, great, great movie. It just, it had all the nostalgia from the three seashells to the classic one line to the, to all the shit that, that Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bullock became a star in this movie, like legit. Like you really licked that guy's ass. Ticked. I mean, all movie she's doing this. It's fantastic. You gotta love Demolition Man, dude. I mean, what's weird about this one is virtually no soundtrack, but it didn't even need it. It was that good of a movie where they didn't need to enhance any particular scene with music. I love it. I'm so excited to break this one down. Yeah, let's be honest. If you could pitch the future of music, you could make a fuck ton of money. So that's why I think any films set in the future generally tend to shy away because, or they'd use, you know, oldies. Otherwise, what? Like, what could it be? Like, you're just going to probably look like an asshole. 10 years from now it is time to set the stage let's do this thing baby let's do this thing this is demolition man directed by marco brambilla screenplay by daniel waters robert Raynow, peter m lankoff story by robert Raynow and peter m lankoff produced by joel silver Michael Levy, and and Howard Kasachian. Cinematographer, Alex Thompson. Edited by Stuart Barrett. Music by Elliot Goldenthal. Released October 8th, 1993. On a budget that's really hard to pin down, it's estimated to be between $45 million and $77 million, so we're going to go with $57 million. Box office of $159.1 million. Running time of 115 minutes. Starring Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, and Nigel Hawthorne. The short plot synopsis is, 
a former police officer is brought out of his suspended animation prison sentence to pursue an old, ultra-violent nemesis who is on the loose in a non-violent future society. So from this point forward, it is a full-on fucking spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about anything and everything involving the movie Demolition Man and possibly any fucking thing that, you know, any of the actors or uh, people involved have done. So take warning from this point forth. Spoiler warning. Demolition Man. John Spartan. Simon Phoenix. Let's go. Oh, and Edgar Friendly? He's a man. <laughs> Well, guys, we'll give a grade to Demolition Man at the end, but let's kick off with our overall thoughts here. This was my guy, and I want to tell you why I love Demolition Man, especially on a rewatch. For me, it's all about the funny moments, man. I love the nostalgia situation in this movie where you got like this character in Sandra Bullock who just like yearns for the 20th century, and it's just like all the 80s and 90s shit. Uh, that we grew up with and that's what she's idolizing and that's what they're chasing kind of the entire movie the action's fantastic the whole they nailed some of the writing i thought a lot of like kind of cool thought went into this with some of the different shit like the franchise wars you know just all the different stuff that they do here um the three seashells have been epic my entire life if i if i'm any if i'm ever anywhere and someone sells says i don't know how to use the three seashells he that person is instantly my best friend Correct. that's how important that line is for me and there's just countless things like that throughout the one-liners in this and the writing is way underrated holds up really well and believe it or not the story was kind of complete enough to where a lot of things were kind of like huh is that is that a kind of gap in the in the plot here it's really covered because it kind of had this broad stroke with some of the plot that i thought worked really well so it held up for me Big time. That's what she said. I guess the thing with Demolition Man, as far as I'm concerned, is I love it. But if someone was like, oh, what's the best part? I would struggle, right? Because there's so many little things that I love about this movie. But there's no one thing where I'm like, oh, Demolition Man has the best X. It's not the best rendition of the future. It's not the funniest. It doesn't have the best action. I don't know. It's that random thing where I think the sum of the parts is greater than that of the individual pieces. I enjoy it for that. I think we talked about this off cam. I, I've read some interesting comparisons between this and The Last Action Hero, which I think we all enjoy. But it's kind of interesting that despite a similar budget and box office, this is kind of regarded to be a hit for Stallone, while Last Action Hero is regarded to be a flop for Arnold. I can still say some of the dialogue. I've seen it that many times. I did not see it in the theater. I was too young, but I do remember renting it from Blockbuster or more accurately, probably, you know, badgering my parents to rent it for me from Blockbuster when it first came out. Uh, very much enjoyed it there. I, I guess the one thing maybe here that surprises me is that this was a little bit of a different performance for Stallone. Like he was, I think, deliberately tongue-in-cheek here that's not something he had done a ton of maybe in rambo 3 a little bit and it's something he has gone to i think a lot in his later career like post expendables maybe so i think there's a lot of john spartan in kind of the later career stallone performances so i think uh demolition man endures man it, it abides and endures yeah it definitely abides man and uh and it endures. and you're right man it's kind of like how uh you know, uh, Stallone kind of took that role with him for all his uh, future endeavors. They're kind of like how Johnny Depp 
once he played Hunter Thompson, there's still a little bit of that with him in every fucking role he's played since then. But it's something like that that sticks because it's that impacting, man, you know, and it's cool. But uh, was John Spartan that much of a character? And certainly not on the level of Hunter Thompson or anything, but, uh, you know, in a different uh, universe or regard or whatever, man, John Spartan was a pretty fucking cool character for Stallone to play. And, uh, you know, a little over the top, but uh, he did it and he did it well. Any thoughts on the opening scenes before we go into the future? Takes place, opens up, it's 1996. L.A. is a complete disaster. It's an absolute, looks like war, like war-stricken third world country. Crime's out of control. Police are trying to get through crowds. Everything's being demolished. And then you got this kind of epic fight scene between Simon Phoenix and John Spartan here. And Phoenix is, you know, sniffing drugs and just not really caring, just ready, you know kind of gives you the feel of what kind of animal and, and just bad villain he is. I mean, thoughts on this opening scene? Did you like that it started with just some action like this? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good way to grab somebody right by the fucking short and curlies, man. You know, you're going to get you involved right away. You know, a dude jumps out the fucking joint with a fucking bungee on and fucking, you know, I mean, that was a cool yeah. scene. Yeah, fucking goes right in, dude, you know, and of course Simon Phoenix is fucking with him. He's sitting there fucking like ripping rails and shit, dude, and and uh, and then he's uh, fucking just kind of basically toying with fucking uh, Spartan the entire fucking time, which what he does the whole fucking thing, man. But he's he's definitely got the brain capacity to fucking pull a dude, which is what he's done, you know. So uh, I think it was a cool, it was a very interesting start to the movie, man, and uh, keep you on to, you know, continue with it. So yeah, opening scene shit. To me, I, I think there's just a couple of highlights here. The the one is it sets up. Simon Phoenix isn't as good as John Spartan, right? Which is why he's going to need all that extra training he's going to get when he's put out. It sets up the thing with the bus passengers. I, I love that the dude here is legitimately the exact same lieutenant from Lethal Weapon, basically playing the same role here. Damn it, John. I'm tired of this demolition man shit. You are not supposed to come down here. You are not supposed to attempt the arrest of Phoenix single-handed. And you are not supposed to blow anything up. I like to think that these two movies exist in the same universe. I always love the the little girl. How can you justify destroying a seven million dollar mini mall to rescue a girl whose ransom was only twenty five thousand dollars? Fuck you, lady. Good answer. Always love that part. All right, yeah, man, and she's right, dude. Fuck that, man. Just because I wasn't like a seven million dollar ransom, man, doesn't mean my life's fucking expendable. Yeah, fuck her, dude. And shout out this explosion. They actually blew up this building. Like, this is actually a real explosion, wow. and you can tell. A bi- it's a big building. Like, that's why it spends so much time, and they, they show up from so many angles and everything. They negotiated, and they blew it up in a certain way to really basically, you know, make it look cool. It was going to be blown up anyways, but the movie production got the right to do it, and uh, that's why they spent so much time on it. And, uh, you know, movie had a lot of rewrites, but one of the guys said, like, you know, what good is odds if you don't show Kansas? So that was the idea of showing this scene first was to like establish like, oh, this is still things are still this way. So that when you get to the future, it's more jarring. And I think it works in that aspect. If you woke up in the future, you'd have a couple of top priorities, right? I mean, you'd have to, including using the bathroom right off the top. Let's start with the uh, with, with just what the deal with the proverbial elephant in the room. We got to deal with it. <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. 
He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. The three seashells in the restroom. Give your thoughts on this. I'll kick us off. For the longest time, I struggled, but I think it's I think it's like a like a faucet bidet system is the only thing I can think of um, that cleans off, you know, all the different things that you do in the bathroom. I, I don't know. That's my best guess, man. So the control system for a modern, you know, what South Park would call a Japanese toilet. I think that is what we always came up with, like bidet controls. As far as the actual movie, like dude just said, one of the writers, someone called him and said they needed like a gag or whatever. And he was in a bathroom and there was a, like a bag of seashells. And he was like, well, there's seashells here. Like, oh, we'll make that work. So they never had an actual answer. And when Stallone was asked, he said he, he always thought like using like chopsticks basically to like seashells your butt. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how, and then how do you clean them? Whatever. So I don't know, Soup, do you have any other ideas? I might have one, but it's uh, it's tough to come up how you... Uh, yeah, sorry, man. I feel I feel like it might be more of, like, a bidet system where, like, the one seashell does, like, the first fucking rinse, and then, like, you hit the second seashell, and it does, like, a power wash, and then the third one's, like, a, you know, like, a finisher-off cleanse kind of thing with, like, you know, or something. So... That's good soup! Yeah, it could be more complex than that. I would like the idea that maybe you had to rub them in a certain way to get different kinds of stream or jying or, or wiping or something. Or maybe to activate, like, the, the voice or something. Maybe it's voice activated. All right, I have a couple of, let's see, these aren't good, but we'll we'll try here. All right, so here's the deal. You have to press them in the exact right order. And then the toilet fairy appears, and then she just cleans you up. Like, they're so far in the future, they've invented magic. Other option is that they're just decorative. Because it's the future, and all anybody eats is Taco Bell, they just shit liquid. So, no need for anything else. Well, I mean, that's an interesting point. However, Taco Bell, in their future, isn't exactly serving tacos. But, uh... Well, they serve everything. All restaurants are Taco Bell. They still have, like, shitty restaurants. They're just, you know... All restaurants are Pizza Hut, man. Yeah, well, see, that's the difference. We will get to that when they get there. Uh, the one thing I, I do want to point out is just how much of the kind of longevity and success of this movie do you think is attributed just to the three seashells thing? I think it was a fucking... Like, it's a, a big throwaway deal, line, but it's huge, right? I would say at least half of the staying power of this flick is based on this three seashells thing. Well, and it's, it's the, it's one of five things that you really remember, you know, everyone kind of remember, like for me, there's like four or five, like big things that I'll always remember with this movie. It, this is definitely one of them. That's what she said. <clears throat> it's just so intriguing, right? I think you know, that's the key. Cause it was so random that you're just, all right, there's three seashells. It's like, uh, if it was a math problem, think about it this way. Toilet paper equals seashells. How does that work? There's a part of your brain that breaks. And in, in which way are these two things congruous? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, man, I think it's more of a fucking bidet. Right. That's, it has to be legitimately. There's nothing else it can be. It's almost like a car wash. You know? Yes. It's just to be car wash controls, is what it is. Yeah. yeah it, it has to be. I mean, it legitimately cannot. If it's anything else, it's. But I like the mystery of it, man. It gives you the, like, you gotta know, like, what the fuck, and they never tell you. So it's cool, but it's, like, one thing that everybody's, like, 
But that's the key, right? Because they never tell us. If they told us, the answer probably would have been disappointing. It's the fact that they don't right. tell us and they end the movie on that note. Literally, it's the last line of the movie, right? When the stolen's walk away. And I'll explain the three seashells to me. <laughs> Let's be honest, man. He gets all those uh, tickets. You can't wipe with those unless you're going to spend t- like hours crimp- crumpling, 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 crumpling. You can't wipe with a piece of fucking printer paper. And this reminds me, it wasn't even too long ago. I was over there trying to, like, we have those fucking paper towel things at, at the at, at the job where, you, like, you stick your hand under it and you get one sheet of paper towel and it's, like, automated, you know, so you have to stick your hand under it again and get another one, you know, and they stick your hand under it again and get another one. If you need multiple paper towels, like, for me, even washing my hands, I need at least two because they only give you, like, this big of a fucking piece. But if I'm drying off fucking pieces of flounder or something that have been soaked in water or that are, that are fucking full of water, I need more than fucking two paper towels. So I'm over there trying to, you know, jack this thing off and getting a whole fucking bunch of fucking paper towel fucking sheets, dude. And I remember, like, and I talked to my, like, the guy next to me. I was like, you know, this reminds me of John Sparrow when he fucking is. Thanks a lot, you shit. Trying to figure out the reason he was cooking, so he just went over there and started yelling at the fucking thing and giving him tickets. That's me getting the fucking paper towels out of the fucking hand washing sink, dude. Demolition Man took some swings at the future and kind of given us a look at what it might be like. What's one thing from the movie that you're happy came true or that you're still hoping will maybe come to fruition? They fucking nailed tablets, right? Voice assistance. You get not the first people to do so. All the in-car shit, some of the displays. If you look as far as this and the self-drive shit, dude. I mean, that's the displays, the self-drives, the the talk, right? Talk to text. You know, the whole Alexa thing. Like they they nailed all of it. This is 1993, guys. I mean, this that's early on for some of this shit. Cops are incredibly like relying on technology now. Widening inequality gap. Nostalgia for the past is an escape. And uh, Taco Bell trying to go high class. We've seen all that shit happen. Yeah, I mean, this is a part of the movie that I really, like, for me, is, I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'm pissed about a lot of this. I don't like this future at all, you know, because I'm not a dude that likes shit taken away from him. Certainly not a guy that likes to be censored in any way. So I think this future fucking sucks, and I would totally be living in the sewers with Dennis Leary. <laughs> I've seen this future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his base pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. Another one of the scenes that I'll always remember, for better or worse, is the weird sex scene. And let's talk about it. Like, like would you, would you want to bang wearing the headset, even though it was supposed to be more intense? Like, or would you want to go the old-fashioned way? Like, I would want to. I would want to wear the headset while fucking for real. You know. That's good soup. I guess on the other side of the coin, what's the worst call Demolition Man made when it comes to the future? Like, what do you hate the most? Is it the fact that salt's illegal because it's bad for you? Like, what's 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 really grinding your gears? Especially that, dude. Every fucking thing about this bullshit future pisses me off, man. I mean, I am not the kind of person that would fucking... This is why I'm fucking all about fucking the other the underground shit. Because, like, what other choice have you got, dude? Like, this shit sucks. Who the fuck would want to live like that? It's awful. Yeah, I mean, you're not allowed to fuck, dude. You're not allowed to say words. You're not allowed to eat fucking salt or anything good. Like... You know, let's do shit. Fuck it. It's terrible, man. This is unrelated, but I'm still fucking pissed. We didn't get hoverboards that from Back to the Future. Too. There's no hoverboards. There should be not- fucking hoverboards. That pisses me off. And uh, glow rods, 
highly abusable, right? Way worse than tasers. Then John Spartan just randomly fucking glow rods, dude. Into just whatever associate Bob was doing with his hair. Just no. <laughs> Bad. Yeah, that was a that was a weird haircut. And one thing I didn't like was the damn outfits. I think they really failed on the outfits. I don't know what they tried to do here. It was really bizarre. Wasn't a fan of it at all. Guys, there is one thing I know we can all agree on. Be well, and cock does an asshole. The version of the future has an over-the-top number of ridiculous laws. I mentioned salt is illegal. Crazy. Honestly, I'm not really sure what you're actually allowed to do there. I think you just kind of like walk around and say, be well. If we're in charge like Cocteau was, what kind of rules would we implement? Yeah, I just want to point out that you had a, a very sly over-the-top reference. Very nice. And also, we should call this uh, Cocteau in Charge. Shout out Charles in Charge, but not necessarily Scott Bayo. What a great name Cocteau is, right? I mean, that's solid. Cocteau, it's got a certain ring to it. You know, I, and one thing I would do is I would definitely, I think, you know, I could get you all to co-sign and just make uh, any New England Patriots paraphernalia, clothing, whatever, just illegal. Can't own it. Can't wear it. Nothing. Would like that. I'm there for that. That's a good one. Soup, any rules, laws you want to implement? Um, yeah, don't be a fucking dick, you know. No dicks. That's all I got. No dicks. <laughs> no dicks allowed, dude. There's no <laughs> dicks allowed in this party. Uh, that's cool. All right. I got I got one. If you gave the dude like his, you know, do, he'd probably say, like, look, if you get caught listening to the Eagles, you get rendered death. Man, come on. I had a rough night and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. He's more of a credence guy. He loves the credence. See, I mean, I could I could go on with that, but everybody likes what they like, you know, and I could I could call out all this bullshit like uh, you know, claiming to be music shit, but I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say uh, you know, teach his own on that kind of shit. But uh if I were to say a rule for the future to like implement a law, man, um fuck that. What law would you do? You're cocktoed and you can do whatever you want. If you're cocktoed, dude, you know, I mean, (laughs) I would have to say, uh, you know, fuck, man, there's so many things that I'm looking at all things that piss me off in life. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to pick just one. I mean, I can go anything from like a. Well, here, I'll I'll pick one. You know what? Uh, If you refer to yourself in the third person, like you get fined and it keeps going up every time you do it. I like that. How about uh, you know, maybe you know, if if the restaurant closes in fifteen minutes, you didn't make it on time. You know, how about that? <laughs> grace period. You're fight, fighting for a grace period. You know what I want to fight for? You must replace the empty. Like if you empty the trash, you gotta put in a new bag. You take the last toilet paper, gotta okay. put it on a new joint. You use the last of the milk, you gotta buy milk or put it on the fucking list, otherwise heavy financial penalties. I like that, dude. I'm there for that. And one more, like if you want to be like a fan of a sports team, like a real fan, then if you want to be a fan of a different team, you got to be a five-year cooling off period. And if you don't comply with that, you start rooting for a new team in that five years, you have to get a face tattoo of your former favorite team. Uh, Face tattoos are tough, man, but like I like it, but... That's making me hesitate. There might a be bit. slight exceptions if you move or something like that, but five years seems fair, right? Like if you want to commit, like be a fan, right? You got to be a real fan. I mean, that's a that's a hardcore commitment, dude. I mean, that's you all. Gotta in. Support the team, dude. You got to support the team. It's all in. 
are you guys hungry? Because if we lived in San Angeles, we'd have limited dining options. Depending on what version you're watching, all restaurants are either Taco Bell or Pizza Hut. Let's do a little FMK. That's right. Fuck, Mary kill with Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and Rat Burger. Soup, lead us off. Well, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> Rat Burgers apparently are not bad. But, uh, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fuck the Rat Burger, man. I'm going to marry Pizza Hut. I'm going to kill Taco Bell. How about that? I'm going to kill rat burger just because, like, I can't eat rat. Like, I'm just sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna fuck Pizza Hut, and I'm going to marry Taco Bell, baby. I'm going to be getting that, that yo quiero Taco Bell. I'm getting that gordita crunch. Give me all the Taco Bell on the rag, but let me get a little bit of that Pizza Hut strange every here and there. And then, nah, rat burger, I want none of you. I was going to say, you know, fuck rat burger. You got to try it once, right? So you bang it the one time. You marry Pizza Hut because, dude, pizza. It's pizza. You marry pizza. And kill Taco Bell. Dude, Taco Bell, not impressing me lately. Call me when they bring back the 10 for 10. The whole worried about eating the rat burgers and shit, man. Like, if you're eating Taco Bell all the time, you're probably eating fucking worse than rat. Yeah, that's why I'm down to it. I'll eat rat burgers once. I'll I'll, I'll fuck it once. All right, dude. He, he's in it for, for the one-time thrill. Maybe he goes back for seconds. We don't know. But we do know that Taco Bell Pizza Hut is the only game in town because they're the only survivors of the franchise wars. Guys, when I say franchise wars, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Very specific for me. It's like celebrity deathmatch, but it's like the corporate mascots have to fight each other. You know, like Ronald McDonald uh, fighting the Burger King or whatever, and then winner take all. One dies, and the other guy, his company, absorbs the, the loser. That's it. There's no more traditional mergers and acquisitions. This is how all things are handled now. Celebrity deathmatch style with mascots. I think that would be fun. Dude, that's definitely cool, man. I was thinking more of like a fucking face-off between fucking, like, you know, Mayor McCheese and fucking Ronald McDonald or something and just duking it out. Dude. Like all the maps are supposed to duking it out. Like Running Man style, man. If you make it Oh, so more for like control within a family, more like trying to control the one family instead of controlling everything. You have like the uh the McDonald's crew all trying to fight up to kill Ronald. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I like that. I like that. Good fit. Jamie G. I started going into um franchises of sports and it was like okay you've got all the new york franchises from all sports facing off against all the california franchises of all sports you got you know texas you got florida facing each other and you just kind of like get like the best franchise of like all sports and it's like you just get like one of each sport that emerges uh that that's that's kind of where i went that sounds like coastal war with less steps yeah, I probably just need sports. But shout out to Buffalo Bandits winning the NLL. Shout out to you. Uh, that was a little bit of sports action over the weekend. Guys, I think I've got just enough room for dessert here. If only one chain of restaurants was to survive, which would you want it to be? Well, I'll go first here on this one, man. And, uh, you know, if it's going to be a chain like that, dude. You know, and I, I think at this point, if it, like if we're talking about with Demolition Man where Taco Bell won it, 
I don't think we're talking about chains like, you know, Fridays and Applebee's and shit like that. So I'm going to stay away from those, Outback, that kind of thing. I'm going to go with the fast food chains. And for, for that, I'm going with fucking Arby's. Why? Because they have the fucking meats, dude. Arby's it is. That's what I want. Arby's, we have the meats. I'm going more localized fucking Steve's, Prince of Steaks, dude. All restaurants are Steve's. That's what I have to go with. I second Steve's Prince of Steaks. I, I would love to be able to get cheesesteaks all day. They can do uh, anything, dude. They they not only have best cheesesteaks, possibly best fries, and most definitely best Texas Tommy. Oh, and I would Texas probably be Tommy. on board with that because I love that kind of shit. Although I just don't, I've never been to one. I don't have those here. I don't know what they are. So well, you, I, you will now. That's the point. You know, Everyone gets to enjoy Steve's. I'm, now I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting hungry now, dude. It's uh, a shame they're closed already. <laughs> I'm. I I wish I could get some Steve's. And guys, while we're digesting all that, let's check out Six Degrees of Lebowski for Demolition Man. Magnum Mills, how deep must we go? How deep is your love for me in order to tie this thing all together? It's like uh, Drew Hill bought a a rug for Jeff Bridges. That's the best I can do. I dug deep. deep. There are no direct connections still. Only takes two degrees to get to the dude himself. We have Sandra Bullock playing Lenina Huxley here. She played Diane Shaver in The Vanishing, where Jeff Bridges played Barney Cousins. Jeff Bridges is the motherfucking dude. So that's it. Two degrees, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, six degrees, a Lebowski easy. It's a bunch of Lebowski separations, man. I mean, it's a special lady friend. I love it. Where do we stand on cryogenetics? If cost wasn't an issue here, let's assume it's not, would you guys want to be frozen and then thought out in the future? My answer is yes. Yeah, why not, right? Cost is the main issue. And the main thing is now they, they can't freeze you before you die. So theoretically, we're going to have to be able to revive the dead. But if there's no cost, why the fuck not? I guess maybe if your like, current organs could save somebody, that's probably the only argument against that. I think the question here is, when do you freeze yourself, man? Like, do you do it out of punishment, like in this particular fucking movie or whatever? Or do you do it because, like, hey, man, you know, I guess it's time to go ahead and freeze myself, you know, before I fucking burn out. Like, what do you do that at, fucking 50 or whatever? The That's fuck? probably the least realistic part of this movie, that this technology exists, but, like, other people aren't trying to freeze themselves. Right, to to just extend their life. There should be a whole, yeah, dark, like, uh, black market of this where people who are about to die or whatever, like, oh, freeze myself into the future. So, But if you're about to die and you're all fucked up anyway and old as shit and, like, you know, whatever. Right, correct. That's the whole... Or do you want to freeze yourself when you're in your prime, you know? Well, like, you're 25. You can't really, like, you have to... That's the legal dilemma. Yes, but then you wake up from your prime and you're still all fucking, you know, old and can't do shit and uh, at least some, you know, what do you do, man? You know, I mean, you hope that in the future anything is possible. Maybe you time your freezes. You're 25, you freeze yourself 10 years, you come back and really you'd be 35, but you're only 25. You live 10 years and then you freeze yourself. You got, you know, you can kind of just keep stretching on 10, 20 years of your life. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of the play, I think. Man, see, I don't know, dude. It's a tough, that's a tough decision, man. I, th- I think, I don't know, man. I don't know. As long as they don't display my naked ass in uh, Planet Hollywood, I'm good with it. Guys, in Demolition Man, being frozen has a bonus. You get to learn new skills while you're asleep, or maybe you're not sleeping. That's up for debate, too. 
I just want to point out that John Spartan learning knitting was just hysterical. Detective? Listen, I'm sorry about last night. Here, I made this for you. Thank you for the lovely gift. Look, I don't know what you guys put into my cryo slush, but when I thought out, the first thing I wanted to do was knit. I mean, how come I know what a zipper foot and a shuttle and a hook and bobbin and a petty point is? I can weave a throw rug right now with my eyes closed. If you could learn one new skill while you were frozen, what would it be? Best skill? Languages. As many as I could learn, both speaking and coding. But realistically, folding a fitted sheet. I, I think 50 or so years would probably be enough time for me to learn how to do that. I love the fact that you get to learn something while you're, you know, there. But, like, how do you know what, what the future holds? Like, is it going to be a skill that's going to be something that accommodates the future or not, you know? Either way, I think, regardless, I would want to learn how to fucking paint really well or draw really well to, you know, be able to fucking paint pictures. Because if I can paint the shit in my head, I've always said this, and I just am not that good of a fucking, that kind of an artist. I'm an artist of sorts, but not that kind. To be able to just put paper to pen or, or paint to fucking canvas or whatever, fucking just boom, there it is. I think I'd like to be able to learn that. Like that a lot, guys. For me, I just want to be programmed to learn whatever lets me know everything in the future whenever I wake up. I think that's a cheat code. Uh, just keep me updated with what's happening in the world as I'm sleeping. Way to wish for everything. infinite wishes, dude. I mean, Jeff, you can't don't hate on me for fucking figuring out the system, bro. If I, I found the cheat code. Guys, the movie does a lot of work to set up what the future looks like, including clothing, robes, hats, scarves. They seem particularly popular. Any thoughts on the fashion choices and demolition, man? I was pretty vocal. I hated it. Yeah, it sucks, dude. The fucking there was some uh, very circular sunglasses. I'll give them that. All the wardrobe of the future in that movie sucks. Even the underground shit. Even the fucking armor. I mean, like it's bullshit. Their shoulder pads. All of a sudden, uh, Benjamin Bratt's character, Alfredo Garcia, comes out at the end. He's already got the shoulder pads, which are like made of old tires and shit. Yeah, very innovative, but fucking stupid. If it's uh, in the future that far, like, yeah, it'll figure something a little bit better than that out. And the style and everything, I'd not focus, dude. I'd rather take something like for Bill and Ted or even fucking Back to the Future 2 over this as far as style goes. I like the idea that you can wear sleeveless shit under your jacket. So, like, if you're really sweating, you take off your jacket, like, you can really air it out. It's not like you have long sleeve under your jacket, shirtless under the jacket, so vest cut off at the shirt. I, I kind of like that. I think that could be useful. You know, so you're at a wedding or something, you're dancing in a jacket, that's brutal. Like, just taking off the jacket isn't enough. Or just wearing something else. What the fuck, you know? <laughs> One more positive point. They were, like, five years away from wearing capes, I think. I would love to see him bring back the capes. I've been I've been an advocator for bringing back the cape for a long time. Seinfeld style, right? Like, uh, who is he to be with the guy with the cape? And nobody. There's one episode of Seinfeld, the guy in the cape. He's a uh, lawyer. Fucking Frank. Larry Stan. David is actually the guy in the cape, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, nobody was. Yes. And I like it. So I'd like to see the cape come back. Man, I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be full on board for bringing back the cape. I have a cape. I wear it sometimes when it's good cape weather. And uh, and and I hope that uh, you know, it becomes more common where I won't be ashamed. Not that I am, you know, but to where it be more acceptable, acceptable for me to walk around wearing a fucking cape, you know. So, because why not? Should be able to wear a fucking cape. That's good soup. R.I.P. Norm McDonald. I just want to shout out Dirty Work and be like, note to self: 
remind me of a show called Good Cape Weather. That could be something. Good Cape Weather. Some good Cape Weather, dude. And guys, like a lot of movies set in the future, particular attention is paid to the cars. Some pretty cool cars on the road in Demolition Man. Did anything about the futuristic car design stand out for you? And while we're at it, any thoughts on the big car chase in the final act? I'll just say I thought it was really cool that this is 30 years old. And I remember cars from 93. And now I see cars now. They were pretty close here, weren't they? Tell me this isn't like some like line of Tesla that just like produced for the, you know what I mean? Like, didn't it feel like that a little bit? You're not necessarily wrong as far as some of the lines or whatever on the Teslas, but like the little thing like uh, Simon Phoenix deals initially, the little kind of bullet joint, that doesn't really exist. And it seems like the automated driving is taken on more. Again, California, not impossible, but uh, I really did enjoy the, the big final chase scene. I don't think it was great, but the idea that at the end, just the you know you get saved by the safety foam, which has now become a real thing. That is a little bit real, and uh, Stone's like the whole car just turned into a giant cannoli and all and kill. That line just always killed for me. I didn't realize that was an actual thing. There's cars that do that now. Yeah, safety foam is definitely a thing. Uh, NASCAR, uh, I think, was the uh, uh, progenitor of it. See, I don't trust the automated driving. I know they have it now with though I can back it up or you don't have to you not touch the wheel and turn the steel. I don't think I, try, I don't fucking trust it. Not at all, dude. I would have my, a really hard time letting go of that fucking steering wheel and being like, does it do it? You know, I don't think I could. Yeah, I mean, there's a billion things that don't work in this scene as far as where did they get the gas board underground? How does the elevator it comes right? But honestly... I don't really give a shit because it's just fun. And I think that's maybe one of the most important things of this movie is that it's very self-aware. Even down to like the quips and everything, it just seems to know, it just seems that they knew what type of movie they were making. And it really feels apparent here, even when you know kind of the behind the scenes shit where some of the lines you get here about like the passengers on the bus and everything are just strictly like ADR or overdubs or what have you because of changes they had to make because there were like nine people who wrote this script over time. There was a lot of other, other, uh, you know, shit that wasn't even in the movie that was like, you know, from later on or, you know, in the, in the fucking movie, but didn't make the movie, but not even that, there was so many layers and shit to this movie. It's like, you know, the futuristic thing, the, the drama thing, the fucking action thing, there's, there's just a lot going on, man. And then the characters and there's so many good, like one-liners and it's it, you know, it's funny, but it's an action movie, but it's still, you know, I mean, it's a lot. It's just, it's just a tight package, man. That's what she well, said. Absolutely. And guys, just a couple of tidbit facts here. Uh, General Motors actually only had one of these ultralight cars. So Warner Brothers actually hired a crew to build 11 more. That was a $2 million cost to make those 11 ultralights. And then I just also want to note that many of the cars in the movie were prototypes of future models supplied by... General Motors. So kind of a cool thing there is they made this kind of future come to come to life and come to reality here in this movie. 2032. What's crazy is we'll have to redo this in the year 2032. Uh, it's not that far away. That's what's nuts about this. We'll, we'll be regular dudes still watching shit, hopefully, and uh, we'll redo it. Dennis Leary, right? We haven't talked about him yet. He he's He's in this. He's a guy. He's technically playing Edgar Friendly here. But we got to be honest with ourselves. He's pretty much appearing as himself. I mean, this is not Dennis Leary doing a stand-up bit. 
every line he has like it's it's him any thoughts on dennis leary is edgar friendly and do you like the name edgar friendly Dennis Leary's character in this flick was fucking awesome, dude. Like, Edgar Friendly, do I love the name? Not so much, but kind of. I think I have a love-hate relationship with it, kind of. Um, just because I don't know what to think about it. Like, it's friendly, but it's, like, weird. Like, do you want that to be your name? I don't know. It's catchy, but it's good enough. His character in this flick is my favorite character in the flick. And I just love what he stands for. And, uh, you know, because, like, I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? Whatever, he's getting by, dude. <laughs> at least he's not being an asshole like those people over there. Yeah, be an asshole, dude. Got to have some freedom, god damn it. He's probably allowed, he's probably at least allowed to fuck, man. Those people, those other people aren't even allowed to fuck. That's fucked up. <laughs> Definitely like the character here. I thought it was cool, and I and I like that they kind of used it as a bridge to kind of make you know Spartan a good guy, right? He's this he's this kind of rogue cop that's always ending everything in a demolition and kind of breaking the rules. But he's actually a really good guy. And they used Edgar Friendly's character to be like, man, these are just people that are hungry, that don't want to, that don't want to like conform to fascism in a way, right? Yeah, he eats a rat burger. He's not happy about it, but he's like, okay, like, all right. It's not bad. It smelled smelled good. It tasted good. Maybe I prejudge these people. He ate the whole thing, dude, with a beer and he needed it. Fuck yeah, dude. Guys, if you ask me, what is the exact opposite of dennis leary i might say stupid radio jingles in demolition man everybody rocks out to armor hot dogs and jolly green giants does anybody have a favorite or at least uh, a least favorite jingle that they like or better yet did anybody write their own jingle for us least favorite jingle ever cars for kids Least favorite jingle ever for me, 100%. That's what plays in my personal health. I don't know if it's a jingle or not, but the fucking Micro Machines guy from back in the day on the commercials, I don't know if I'd call it a jingle, but it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mini rap jingle, if anything, you know, but that was sick. This is the Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Each one has dramatic details, terrific trim, precision paint job, plus incredible Micro Machine pocket play sets. There's a police station, fire station, restaurant, service station, and more. Perfect pocket portables to take any place. And there are many miniature play sets to play with, and each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun, fantastic features that miraculously move. Worst jingle for me in the history of jingles, and I have to deal with it every year in the month of late November, December, and into early January if I go into any grocery store and I accidentally forget my headphones, and that's... I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It's literally the worst. That's Never a Christmas again, song. Girls. It's not really a jingle, but it's, it's a bad. but it's a it's. You're it, calling it an abomination. You're calling it an abomination. I get it. I just need to point any excuse I have to just try to eliminate that and delete it from from life. I should use it. I will substitute for Jamie G the McDonald's uh, pulley a fish joint. That also made me want to. <laughs> yep, see, that'll make you want to kill yourself real quick. It's up there with the baby shark of it all. Give me back that filet fish. Give me that fish. Give me back that filet fish. Give me that fish. I actually 
to try to make my own little jingles. We'll see how bad they go, but uh, we'll we'll start with jingle one here, you know, for a Taco Bell. From tacos and nachos to Merlot, Shimp, and Brie, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's Taco Bell for me. That's terrible. <laughs> Number two, I have there's no need for lotion or touching or motion. It feels like what velvet you gotta have. A sex helmet. But she gives great helmet. Nice. Sex helmet. Also a good uh, metal band name. Yes, it is a very good metal band name. Fucking A, man. Well, dude, you know, speaking of which, on that one, man, something just popped into my head. Like something like maybe, don't be rude, use fast and lube. <laughs> That's a lube commercial, dude. And on that note, man, the other jingle I might have come up with is something like, you know, something a little catchy, a little poppy, a little bubble, bubble gum-ish, man. Like, avoid the grunge. Use the sponge. Grunge commercial. Go for it. Sting candles down. They mostly speak English in demolition, man. But sometimes you wouldn't know it. And I'm not saying that I don't inspire joy-joy feelings and... Everyone around me, I, it's not that. It's just some of the sayings and customs here are pretty interesting. Am I right? Like the whole like fake high five and then do the circular counterclockwise twirl. A little weird, no? Yeah, because I do not. No, yeah, it's fucked up. Greetings and salutations, I mean. I love greetings and salutations, actually. That's all. But this whole like non-contact thing, the, this movie actually picked up like right when COVID started because of the whole non-touching aspect of it. Wow. Non-contact shit, it's kind of fucking weird. Like, I'm not a big person I'm touching people. I don't really like being touched. I don't like being close to and shit like that. But when it, but when it comes to, like, one of those, where it's, where it's a situation where, like, hey, you get the shake, sometimes they have to hug your shit. That's, you know, if the situation calls for it, then that's what it is. Or at least a shake or even a fucking fisting, dude. You know, something. You know, sometimes you need that. Like, the whole, like, it'd be hard to just do one of these fucking... I do love enhance your column. That is one I have you enhance your column. And I I do use going forward. I, I'm surprised. Uh, don't y'all know where greetings and salutations comes from? Absolutely. Uh, Spider's web, dude. No, Charlotte's well, web. Oh, yeah. Maybe even before that, but it was actually Christian uh, uh, Slater's fucking Tethers, dude. Yeah. I, I feel like JBG has pitched Tethers before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have pitched Tethers. It's definitely Heathers, but it's also Charlotte's web. It is. It is also wow, what a pig, dude. Good call, Charlotte's Web, man. Right? It's been a minute for Charlotte's Web, but I feel like that was uh I remember the basic <laughs> concept. Yeah, J- uh, Jason Dean in uh in in uh, uh do you think Charlotte calls it a fluid transfer or is that just webbing? I think it's just webbing, dude. Just a just a real solid game of webbing, no fluid transfer. Uh not yet at least. Whatever inspires Joy Joy feelings, dude. Whatever it takes. Speaking of whatever it takes, Leslie Nielsen famously said, And don't call me Shirley. While Eddie Vedder sang, Don't call me daughter. Mills, why am I making a Pearl Jam reference? Pretty easy, man. John Spartan's daughter was supposed to play a fairly substantial role in this film. We actually see her a couple times, if you're watching on YouTube, you see her now, in the sewer fight. 
and at the very end. Apparently, the test audiences were kind of weirded out because John Spartan was trying to sleep with Lenina Huxley, who was basically the same age as his daughter, roughly. Any thoughts on the deleted plotline? Like, we do hear when he wakes up, he mentions her. He mentions her in the car again. Does this uh, do anything for you one way or the other? It doesn't because they didn't They didn't ever elaborate on it. Like, it was kind of like just like loss. There was so much other great um, dialogue that you didn't really focus on it because it never paid off. You, never, you didn't need it, right? Ultimately, I think that was the correct decision is they didn't need it. They didn't need it, but they set it up. It's like, why set it up then? I, I mean, it, it was just, there was a lot going on anyway. Uh, that being in there might have been, I don't know that it would have made a crucial impact or not. Either way, the whole situation with the age difference, yeah, but there's the whole thing, he's been frozen forever. And the, there's also the whole thing about, you know, I mean, I mean. And still definitely, like, Stallone's still probably almost 20 years older than Sandra Bullock at this point. So it's still. Yeah, there's that too. You yeah. know what I mean? Guys, speaking of the road not traveled, at one point, Demolition Man was going to have Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, man, not exactly the, the big Paul Claude Johnson, but Jean-Claude Van Damme as John Spartan. And Steven Seagal, dude, Steven sees Steven Seagal as Simon Phoenix. That would have been really cool. Would you have any interest in seeing that version of this movie? Yes, it just wouldn't have been nearly as good. Unless it was so bad that it was... It, it would have been, you know, had to have been, I think that's so bad that it's better range. But I think this was probably the best version of that, but I would have loved, especially at that point in time, right? Those two dudes were still at their peak. This came out in 93. 93, this is bro. like peak Seagal, yeah. peak Van yeah. Damme. It could have been kind of cool. So I definitely, I'm not, I would have liked to have seen it, I guess. Is what I, I think I would have. Maybe not. I think it would have been cool, but maybe not this particular story. Oh, it, it would have been, been a different, different flick, flick, I think. But I think, I think it would have actually been pretty awesome. I think it might have felt a little bit more like an under siege blood sport kind of combo, which might be fucking awesome. It might, it might have set, set those, those dudes off. off. If they had done this, maybe they explode then, right? And then they're both right. little huge. Instead, Instead of having to make a comeback, comeback in the. Well, actually, Sagal's like, you know, making a comeback in Russia, but Van Damme has made a bit of a comeback. But you know what? Honestly, I would have much rather seen Kurt Russell play fucking John Spartan than damn uh, Seagal. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, I mean, when 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 Stallone signed on as John Spartan, he had a very clear idea of who he wanted to play Simon Phoenix, and that was yeah. Well, Jackie there are a lot of Chan. people up for like yeah, Simon Phoenix, no lie, right, dude. Jackie Chan is Simon Phoenix. Does that version of Demolition Man intrigue anybody? A Jackie Chan as the bad guy is like a super bad. It would have to be way more action heavy, right? Way more, way more, way more fighting scenes, which there already kind of were a lot, but way more. I think it would have hurt the movie because some of my favorite parts about the movie weren't even the fight scenes. It was all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he would have been able to pull off the Snipes one-liners and shit. Now, Jackie Chan can do his own one-liners and shit. I get, you know, you know, no, no. You're not wrong. He was still struggling with the English in Rush Hour when he was doing it years later. Yeah, but so. even, not even that. Like he's still got the the capacity to be able to pull off one liners and shit. He's pretty good at the ones he does. I just think that the way Snipes did it and is, like, I think it's more Simon Phoenix with Snipes doing it, man. I just, I just don't see Jackie Chan as a fucking bad guy. He's not intimidating, right? Like he just seems right. like maybe it's because of how we know him with our past, but he just doesn't seem intimidating. I'm like. Even if he kicked some dude's ass in front of me, I'd still be like, oh, you want to have dinner with my grandma? 
Despite this film having most of the trappings of a standard 90s action flick, it's surprisingly funny, right? I mean, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, they're both bona fide action stars, but they both get some laughs here with their classic one-lines and, and just great kind of responses to shit. Who do you think did the best job of balancing the action uh, beats and the comedy, Stallone or Snipes? Correct answer is probably Sandra Bullock, but I don't want to hold that uh, against anybody. Well, I'm going to go Stallone just because he spends so much time with Bullock that it kind of works. He gets better writing. Stallone gets better writing. Snipes has to do more heavy lifting with shittier material. Like, I thought they yeah. were going to make the whole Simon Says thing like a real running gag where it would come back around at the end or something. And it comes up like two, three times, but it's not anywhere near his major. Like, I assume they named him Simon just to do that Simon Says gag. In a, yeah, in a but I actually think it was for that one line that was like, phoenix is rising or something like i think they i think they did it for one one line with the phoenix rising thing the comedy balance is great right stallone gets a ton of one-liners you know snipes has to make it work a little bit harder and lydia huxley is just hysterical all the way around and i think that's maybe one of the things that makes us love this as much as we do you know as opposed to uh assassins Stallone, Antonio Banderas, both very good, but I don't think as good as this, right? Because right. you have that balance of the action and the comedy here, and I think that's the key, and it, it sounds easy, but it's not necessarily easy to implement, but I think it works fucking bananas there. You know, you mentioned earlier, what are some of the things that, like, we'll always take with us? We didn't talk a lot about her, but Sandra Bullock, she becomes an absolute star here, and her, her one-liners are just legendary, dude. I mean... You really licked his ass. I mean, she just she's just a huge win. Uh, maybe we'll talk about more about her later, but I, I just I can't say enough about Sandra Bullock. Let's go blow this guy away. Blow this guy away. Whatever. It is time for our Demolition Man character rankings. Break it down for us, if you would, please, sir. Pretty simple. We each ranked 12 characters from the movie, only criteria being that you rank them from your most favorite to your least favorite, 1 to 12. You can determine them however you please. Let's start at the bottom, work our way up. We had a tie for 11th between Chief George Earl and Dr. Raymond Cocteau. Zub and I both had Cocteau at the bottom. Fuck Cocteau. At 10, we have Captain Healy, number 9. Warden William Smithers. Number eight, Alfredo Garcia. We have a tie at six between Associate Bob and Officer Irwin. At number five, we have Zach Lamb, the older and the younger. At number four, we have Lenina Huxley. And then we have a tie at two between John Spartan and Simon Phoenix. At number one, with a bullet, we have Edgar Friendly. I had him at one. Soup had him at one. Jamie G, you had Edgar Friendly at third. Any thoughts on why you had Edgar Friendly at third and Lenina Huxley at one? Huxley was my favorite character throughout the whole thing. She just, she drives the whole thing for me. She's responsible for most of the action and all the humor virtually. And the fact that she kind of wanted this. She wanted to chase that 
that whole action, like she needed something to happen. And she kind of also gets a double whammy here with the fact that she gets action, but she also gets some 20th century throwback. And so for me, she had to be first. And that bumped down Edgar Friendly. And that brings us to Better Than Predator. Mills, explain how this one works. All right, man, this is a two-parter. First, we do a direct comparison. On IMDb, Demolition Man is rated 6.7, while Predator is rated 7.8. Personally, I agree with IMDb, but do any of y'all think that Demolition Man is actually better than Predator? Magna Mills, you won't like my answer, but I'm saying yes. Oh, that's fight words, Soup Deucer. You know what, man? This is a tough call because it's a totally different kind of movie, but... uh if it, if it were Predator 2, it might be a little bit different, but I'm going to go Demolition Man on this one, too. Wow. Okay. This is interesting. That brings us to part two, which should also be interesting. I'm going to give you each three Stallone movies and three Wesley Snipes movies, and I'm going to need you to tell me if they have a higher or lower IMDb rating than Demolition Man, which is, again, a 6.7. Demolition Man. Jamie G, going to start with you. Are you ready? Ready, buddy. Okay. First movie, Blade, higher or lower than Demolition Man? Ooh. I'm going to say Blade's higher. How about Cliffhanger? I'm going to say Cliffhanger is also higher. King of New York. Oh, I'm going to say King of New York is lower. Rambo, which is technically the fourth Rambo movie. I'm going to still say lower. Rocky 3. Oh, is that Tommy Gunn? Oh, man. Tommy Gunn is Rocky 5. Rocky 3 is uh, Mr. T. Oh, it's Mr. T. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say lower. And White Man Can't Jump. Uh, that's higher than, than Demolition Man. Okay, on to the Soup Deucer again. All you have to do, I'm going to give you a movie, and you have to tell me if it's rated higher or lower than 6.7. That's what Demolition Man is rated at on IMDb. So, Soup Deucer, Major League, higher or lower than Demolition Man? I'll give Major League a higher on that one. Next up, New Jack City. New Jack City's getting higher too, man. Yeah. And then, Passenger 57. Uh, no, lower for sure. Then Rambo First Blood Part Two. Yeah, I'm I, I give Devil Demolition Man the, the winning outcome on that one. Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Ooh, I'm still gonna give it to Demolition Man and Tango and Cash. That's tough, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna go Demolition Man on that one. All right, uh, to the violent femmes as I added up. And we have a final. Jamie G takes it down easily. Four to two. He only missed on Cliffhanger, which was lower than Demolition Man. And White Men Can't Jump, which was also lower than Demolition Man. Jamie G, uh, any victory lap or anything? Or are you just happy to have watched all these movies? I'm happy to have watched all those movies and you just got me thinking about different movies to add to what I should be pitching for us to break down here on regular dudes watch stuff. So appreciate that very much. 
that we've almost done our job, except I would want to point out that the final action sequence has like all the cryo cons and it's pretty cool, but I want to know about the pros, not the cons. Would you all have any interest in seeing a prequel reboot or sequel of demolition man? You know, the pros P R O S prequel reboot or sequel. Any interest? Uh, no, you know what, man, for me, this movie is fine where it is. It doesn't need anything else. It could branch off into fucking side stories and go prequel, sequel, and everything else, but I don't think it needs it. Leave it where it's at. It's good enough. You push the boundaries on this kind of thing, man, and it's just going to go into some fucking territory that's going to be bullshit. So I think it's just going to stay where it is. I'm there for a full-on spinoff, but it just explore the world. It doesn't have to have any of these characters. I like the world. JBG? Yeah. I, I, don't have, I don't have anything to add. I mean, it's just... Jamie G, he wants the uh, very specific spinoff on the one chick who uh, video chatted slow naked, despite there not being any sex in this movie. I mean, was it really a wrong number? I mean, come on. I don't know that it was. Uh, <laughs> anything else before we move on? I just want to point out, I think you mentioned it before, but all of Sandra Bullock's like mismatched sayings of the past were just totally awesome. All of the fuck ups the were just increasingly better to the, the point at the very end where uh she's like, take this job and shovel it. And still, you know, it sounds like close enough. I really enjoyed all of those bits. I thought they were great. I don't know if we gave uh Sandra Bullock enough to do so far. She was fucking awesome. And uh we did miss the uh big final action sequence. There was a fight between Sloan and Jesse Ventura. We never get it. Yeah, you know, I'll have to I'll have to go ahead and totally agree with you on the Sandra Bullock shit. We um mad props to her on her performance in this film, man, which launched her kind of, her career kind of, you know. Uh, I think after this she went right into speed. Is that right? Yeah, it's actually one of those things that they note in the trivia that uh, she you know became friends with Rob Schneider, and he was like, "Oh, I don't know about that bus movie you're doing." Yeah, well, it worked out okay for her. It turned out to be a pretty good bus movie, but yeah, her. Yeah. Uh, the way she acted in this movie and her, and her lines were great. She was doing Rickyisms before Rickyisms were Rickyisms, man. You know, so uh, I love that, and I like to think that that was almost a, like a you know a thing, uh, you know, that maybe it was a reference point to uh, the Rickyisms, but maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, it's funny and it's fucking awesome. I love what fucking shit is kind of like the way it is, like the way it is, but a little bit off to make it fucking hilarious. And she did a good job at that, man. So. Lots of words to just say, like, uh, we love Sandra Bullock. So. Yes. And every hardcore fight scene needs a perfectly timed, you really licked his ass. Let's go blow this guy. Away. Away. I mean, these are the things that you love about this movie, and that's why we're doing this, because it's that good. I think we know the answer, but I do have to ask. So you think you're sponge-worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy. I think I'm very sponge-worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. Is Demolition Man sponge-worthy? Aye. Avoid the grunge, man. Get the sponge. Yeah, I'll give it the sponge, dude. I'll do a sponge with it, man. You know? It's it's worthy of wasting a sponge on. It's that good. And now that we've determined that Demolition Man is sponge-worthy, it's time to give it a grade. Magnum Mills, on the scale of 1 to 10 seashells, how many are you given in Demolition Man? 
I'm going to give it a a three-bedroom house with three bathrooms. That means there's three bathrooms, three seashells, nine seashells, because we're grading this motherfucker on a scale of one to ten seashells. So 9.0 for me. Man, I'm right there with you, except I got three and a half baths. I'm giving this thing 9.2 seashells. See, by the seashore? Yeah, this is this is a hard I'm selling one. seashells by the seashore. Yeah, hard one to do, man, because if you're doing the three seashells, man, you know, you got to kind of go in threes. So how do you add this up? You know, you either got to give it a three, six, or a nine, you know? Fuck, uh, I don't know, man. You know, is it worth a nine? I don't know if I'd give it a nine. So I'm going to have to break a seashell. Maybe we, uh, maybe we fucking skip out on that final rinse or something <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> terrible. I'm giving it a 7.5 seashells man with a with a fucking dude wipe to finish it off dude <laughs> a 7.5 with a dude wipe that's a very super grade that is a very super grade we're trying to get to a movie you better get going you don't want to miss one second of that movie. Is it that good? <laughs> it's the best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Dude hangs dumb. I told oh. I told I you. I hey guys, I guess it's time that we decide what we're going to talk about next time, right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. This is where we're each going to pitch something, and then we vote on the winner. The only rules are that you can't vote for yourself, and you can't re-pitch something that you've previously lost until... We do our designated repitch week. This week is not that week. Also, if there's a tie, we will spin the wheel in the sky. It keeps on turning, baby. The soup deuce is up first, followed by Magna Mills, and then we're saving the best for last. Myself, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth. No, I can't defend you in the court of law. All right. So I haven't been too successful in the last, uh, you know, uh, I guess week. But <laughs> either way. <laughs> Okay, you know, whatever. If There's I a guy who pitched Kill Bill, which took us like a month to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was worth it. I'll take I'll take losing for a fucking month or two because of that. So that's fine, man. That's fine. But you know what? I think this one I'm gonna pitch this week is totally fucking pitch worthy. I think it's totally something that you guys should and would vote for. Um, if not, it's 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 gonna be one of those where like, oh, you know, it's right there with it. So it'll be a tough call, it'll be a tight call, man. Anyway. No further ado, quit beating around the bush, man. We're going for something short. Short and sweet this week. Little 20 fucking minute, 30 minute fucking what the fucks, man. Going for something short, dude, to wrap it up. So I've always been a fan of sketch comedy. My favorite sketch comedy, there's been a lot of them, man. It's a tough call, but my favorite one of all time is Mr. Show with Bob and David. And I want to give shout out to Mr. Show with Bob and David because of the fucking exceptional writing and everything else in that show. So I'm going to point out one show or one episode of this show, which I think went for four years or whatever, four seasons um, and had, a you know, I don't know how many fucking episodes or whatever the fuck, but it was fucking phenomenal, man. If you all haven't seen it, you should watch it. This would be a good fucking way to fucking watch the first one. Or a good first episode for anybody who hasn't seen the 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 show to watch, man. So uh, I'm going with season three, episode three. It originally aired October third, nineteen ninety seven. Okay, this is an episode called "Oh You Man." It's really actually the lost episode, though. Okay, so now I know we're all Bob Odenkirk fans, you know, and uh, I don't. This is Bob and David, so it's David Cross too. But if you don't know much about the show, Mister Show. It's them, it's sketch comedy, it's like Saturday Night Live style, but fucking 
the state and kids in the hall all combined it's fucking brilliant the way they write their shows like the writing is so fucking awesome where all the fucking sketches kind of run together almost like a fish set list you know and it's fucking sick this particular episode i picked because of the way it goes together where and some of the sketches are just fucking top notch over anything you've seen over any of the fucking episodes throughout the entire series uh ventriloquism you got fucking uh you know 90s talk show shit you got uh just the in-betweens lie detector test and then it all fucking caps off with a fucking uh time caplet with uh with some flashbacks of some 60s weird shit like and this fucking thing is great dude even if you're not a fan of the show this episode is something that anybody would fucking enjoy so episode three season three mr show with bob and david Check it the fuck out. All right. I am going to spin the wheel and see what the fuck happens. On the wheel? All right. This is not what I expected. This is Tour de Pharmacy. It's a 41-minute HBO movie about all the doping in cycling. A ton of fucking people in this, including Lance Armstrong making fun of himself. I cannot fucking believe all the things the wheel gave me. This was it. It's 41 minutes. It is disgustingly funny. I have no interest in cycling. I laugh my ass off at it. I put it into the wheel as an afterthought, and it came true. So maybe it's meant to be, Jamie G. Wow. Well, guys, I've got something that we have not talked about on this uh podcast regular dudes watch stuff it's one of my favorite shows ever we should definitely do it i've thought about doing a podcast just on this show because it's that good i'm talking about the trailer park boys i'm taking us to season five episode three the fucking way she goes all right in this one we've got julian ricky and the boys attempting to hide a hundred kilos of hash in plain sight when something unexpected gets burned up due to a celebratory barbecue. This is a classic one showcasing the best of the best of all the characters in there. It's definitely a gateway episode. I cannot wait to talk about the trailer park boys. I really, really, really hope this one wins. Well, Magna Mills, please recap our options and remind us the order in which we're voting. Jamie G, you pitched trailer park boys season five, episode three, the fucking way she goes. I pitched Tour de Pharmacy, a short HBO film. While Sue pitched Mr. Show with Bob and David, season three, episode three, Oh You Men. We vote in the reverse order in which we nominated. So, Jamie G, you will vote first, followed by myself. And then the soup deucer is potentially the decider. Well, I'm up first here, guys. I'm going to go for, uh, I got to I gotta go Mr. Show. I, you know, the little bit I watched of it, it is funny. I think it would make for good um, good discussion. Magna Mills, great pitch. I just, I, I got to go Mr. Show. You, you kind of had me on the trailer park, boys. I feel like I have to go there, dude. Yes! I got to yes. go to Beirut and do a show there. So, Soup Deucer, you are kind of the deciderer. Fuck's sake, dude. You know, and here's what sucks. I can't, it's hard for me to go against the trailer park boys, but the thing is, we haven't really talked about that much on this show, and I feel like it needs more of an, uh, like, I don't know. Like, so once we do one, it's like we have to do a lot of them. 
Uh, and I love that show more than like that show. But uh, you know, and and for for the deciding factor, I'm bringing up the fucking wheel again. So fuck off, man. We're going to the wheel again. Come dude. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable, dude. I can't even believe you're turning down freaking Trailer Park Boys, man. And I would never do that, but uh, only for the sake of the show, I am. All right, here we go. You ready? Wheel. Wheel or bus, Yeah! <laughs> you know what? And I'm happy about that. That's fucking awesome. Cool. Yes! We're doing the boys, dude. This is going to be a great one. I cannot wait to break this one down. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us. It's been so much fun. Do not forget the flaps. You must follow, like, and please subscribe. That's literally an acronym. Follow, like, and please subscribe. The flaps. And if you got a movie or show you'd like to talk about, just hit us up on the social meds or drop it in the comments of the YouTube video or our podcast. We'll hit you back. We'll we'll do it, dude. We're doing everything on this thing. We're just regular dudes watching stuff. Magnum Mills remind everybody where they can find these regular dudes. Find us wherever you get your pods. Find us on YouTube, on social media, at Dudes Watch Stuff, regular dudes watching stuff. We're regular, and we enjoy that. We, we're not trained for this. We just enjoy watching stuff, talking about stuff. That's what makes it awesome, right? Thank you again for checking us out. I am Magnet Mills with Jamie G and the Subducer, and uh, we're going to do a, a thing next time that I am not familiar with. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We'll see you next week right here where we cover trailer park boys season five episode three the fucking way she goes you guys are gonna love this one we'll see you then i think we like the future now that you've demolished everything but there's just one thing i want to know mm. how's that damn three seashell thing work Shout to the wind with the engine